I'm a free black man, hold up my head, black man. Beautiful black man, I don't that feel nice, man. I love your brother, black man, and chase your dreams, black man. And get that cream, black man, we the original man. This is Iron Mike Stedman, and you're listening to Confessions of a Native Son, a black veteran's perspectives on race, culture, and business. I hope everyone is doing good out there. I know it's been a crazy time with the economy, layoffs, and you know, just the struggles of everyday life. But you're here listening to me now, and I want you to know how much I truly appreciate that. The last few months, I've been working on a few different projects. First, my book, Black Veteran Entrepreneur, is finally ready to get published on Amazon, so be on the lookout for that to drop later this month. I plan to record a future episode talking more about the book with my co-author, Alana Abernathy. Second, I've been working on my business, Ironbound Media, as we expand our offerings beyond podcasting and into more brand strategy and category design work for veteran-owned businesses. And lastly, I became a business coach with the Lions Pride, a professional training and coaching company that serves mission-driven, high-performing, veteran-owned small business owners. So needless to say, I have a lot to catch you all up on, which we'll get into in later episodes. But for now, I'm excited to share an interview I had with two amazing active duty sailors, Damon and Damo, from the podcast Permission to Speak Freely, where they share sea stories and have an unfiltered conversation about current events, policies, and everyday life as a service member. This podcast was actually recorded back in February, but after I got caught up in the midst of finishing my book and the day-to-day of running my ventures, it got put on the back burner. And Damon and Damo, I apologize for that. It's not every day you get to have an unfiltered conversation with two black senior enlisted, especially as a civilian. So I thought it'd be great for us to fellowship on the show and talk through some of our perspectives about leadership, race, and other topics we're interested in. It's a great conversation and it's definitely a meal, not a snack, but I hope you all enjoy and let us know what you think. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. What's going on, fellas? It's good to hey, be here. Man. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. It's not every day I get two uh, enlisted African-American podcasters on. So, you know, when I saw y'all stuff, uh, I think I was looking you guys up around the uh, whole Stuart Scheller situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we were talking about in a pre-interview. And then I just kind of found you on Instagram. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And we started, you know, communicating back and forth. And I just was like, man, it would be great to get you guys on the podcast, introduce yourselves to my audience, talk about what you guys are doing on your platform, and then also talk about this uh, divide between uh, officer and enlisted. So mm-hmm. excited to get into it. So uh, who wants to go first? Hey, I, I'll go. So um, first, I introduce myself. I'm um, a senior chief, um, Leggings. Uh, so... Um, First, I'm from Mississippi. I always got to say that where I'm from. I'm from, I'm from Mississippi. Um, came in the Navy in 98, so I've been in like 23 years right now. Um, and, hey, so when I get up in the morning, I have no issues going to work. I love this shit, all that good stuff. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why we do this, because we are reaching out and talking to young sailors going through the same, some of the same issues we did when we was coming up. And... For everybody, uh, we can relate to. It just seemed like that even a black, white, blue, green seemed like I could can re- relate to them. 
and talk to them. And so many people knock on my door and come and talk to me and and one on one. And then this podcast is just helping us like spread the word that we already been doing uh, for a long time, for a long time. So um, that's kind of like my 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 startup of getting into what we do uh, is just just being mentors. You know what I mean? To, to, to young people and uh, peers and whoever, just being a good mentor and, and, and talking with people and having some dialogue on all situations and all things uh, Navy related and even outside the Navy. Yeah, I'm Damo. Um, I'm a senior chief as well. Senior chief. Uh, like everything Damon was saying, I totally agree with. It's it's I still it's still shocking to me. Uh, even being thought about as like a mentor, it's kind of surreal to me. Um, you know, we just, I just kind of talk my experiences, you know, I think Damon been in long enough and like kind of got used to the seat, you know, as far as being a mentor, like actually like being used to being called that. And um, I, I heard him called that a million times and stuff like that. But for me, I'm still getting used to like people saying like, oh yeah, I'm like, like looking to you for like some inspiration or some guidance. I'm like, for real, you looking to me? Like, 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 what did I do to deserve this? You know what I'm saying? But hey, I'm ready for my confession, man. So Are you ready to get into it? Yeah, yeah, before that though, like I'm, I'm Damo, I'm a senior chief. I'm an electrician's mate. I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, born and raised. Um, I did spend a little bit of time in Jacksonville. That's where I joined the Navy from. So that's, I mean, that's pretty much it. But I'm ready to get into this confession. <laughs> oh, man, I'm excited. And like I said, the ground rules, man, uh, ask me any questions, too, as we're going, man. This is a conversation, not an interview. You, know, you got three black males on here. They all got different experiences. And I think it's just going to be good. So, Damo, what's your confession? Hey, so my confession is, and I, the reason why I'm ready to get into it so early is because it's a part of my introduction. Uh, my confession is I really, like, I realize that I really don't like being misrepresented, right? Um, and as as playground as that might sound, like, that's something that I struggle with. Like, I struggle with somebody being in a room and speaking for me or speaking about me, and I'm not in that room to hear what they got to say or know what they had to say. Um, that's part of why for me, selfishly, that's part of my selfish reason why I wanted to do a podcast as well, because I want people to know me. You know, you can know me. You can know my temperament. You can know what I got to say. You can know what like irks me. You can know what pisses me off. And I don't have anybody had to represent me in a way that it shouldn't be. You know, I had so many like first classes come up to me like, hey, you know, chief, when I was a chief, hey, have you do you heard about such and such said you did such and such? And I'm like, nah, I didn't. And I'm like, well, what did you say? Because, you know, I wouldn't do something like that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, I just, you know, I just let it like. But now if somebody listens to our podcast and they kind of get a better like taste of our personality, they know what I would say and what I would do. So that kind of, you know, that takes some of that confusion away um, on a like on a dark side of that, though. I mean, I, it's hard, you know, because you're not going to be in every room that people talk about you at. Like, like you know yeah. what I'm saying? So that's like I said, that's something I struggle with, man. I, I hate being misrepresented. All right, hey, my confession is 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 it's pretty simple, man. Like like I'm big on feedback, right? I feel like that's how you get better, that's how you grow and all this type of stuff. And that, and that's what the Navy teaches also. The Navy teaches feedback, right? So, with that being said, uh we we do this thing they call boards, right? Where we go in and we we our record is judged against a lot of other records. And then we find out who makes the next rank, who makes the next whatever. Right. But guess what? At the end of that board selection, it's no feedback. 
So what am I going to do to get better to make sure I get get my name called the next time? So that's kind of my confession is the fact of what are we doing, you know, to um, make us better and make us want to grow and make us to get to that next level. And it's nothing really out there. It's just like your name get called or nothing, you know. So but we but with that being said, though, you have things um, they put out that says, OK, do A, X, Y and Z. You could do X, Y and Z, but you still got other people may did X, Y and Z better than you. You know, so you still don't know uh, where, you know, uh, where to go to next and, and try to figure it out. So I just think feedback is, is one of those things that we need more of, when, especially when you get to a certain level in the Navy and the military. Yeah, even in the civilian world, man, people hate that because people get left go, particularly people of color, you know, mm-hmm. and then there's no feedback trail. You know, I thought I was doing a good job or whatever. <laughs> um, and then yeah. they try to get them to sign these paperwork. You know, about, uh, you know, they'll give them their severance package, but they have to sign like a NDA or something. And I'm not making this up. I've talked to a lot of people about this. And so a lot of times, you know, that's why even though a lot of these places aren't necessarily the most, uh, how do I say this, uh, diverse, you never hear people talking about them because a lot of them sign those uh, NDAs. So that's a mm-hmm. whole separate conversation. Oh, yeah, My confession yeah. is kind of picking back off of Damos, which is I also hate being misrepresented. And I'm probably going to do a whole podcast episode on this, but, you know, going to the Naval Academy from like the time I said I want to go to the Naval Academy, that was the moment I found myself in rooms where I was one of one. Mm-hmm. You know, it was almost like automatic, you know. And when I left the military, right, the real reason I moved to Newark, decided to do the work I do, coaching boxing and stuff. I just wanted to get away from that. I just did. I don't like being one of one. Um, and so, you know, more recently, you know, there's been this big push around, you know, veteran entrepreneurship and getting capital to veterans and everything. And one of the things I've realized is that all veterans are not being looked at equally. And mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people out there representing the veteran voice and speaking for us as veterans. But when I look at who's representing us, there's not any people of color. So for me, you know, that's also why I started this platform was to give voice to myself because I just don't like the fact that like, all these different media outlets champion the veteran calls. But when it comes time for, uh, you know, something like a George Floyd situation or anything, it's like, where is our voice at? Mm-hmm. And recently I went to a, a conference and this one, I'll probably do the episode about, again, there's all this talk about getting capital to veterans. But when I ask these venture capitalists, you know, if their portfolios represent, you know, the breadth and scope of the veteran community, which has over 40% minorities and, their answer is no, then it bothers me because I feel like we're not representing everyone, you know? And I've just concluded in my mind that maybe to some people, veterans are the minority. Veterans are the ones that are underrepresented. So as long as they support veterans, next box of having their minority uh, quotas or support minorities and making them feel feel better. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. I got a I got a question that just came just straight out. Uh, and it's comparable to like my mom. She was talking to me about uh, the movie Dead Presidents. And she was like, man, I just can't believe that. Like everybody here saw Dead Presidents, right? Classic. Movie. Yeah. So uh, she's like, I just can't believe that they, they would come home to like no resources, like, you know, come home from the war. And I'm like, yo, that's not far fetched at all. Right now, my question is this. Do you think any of this stuff stems from like like and I'm talking about black 
black people right now. Um, you think any of these kind of conditions that we get in when we get out of the military stem from like us maybe not being rooted the same as some other people before we join? Combination of things, right? So when I moved to Newark, right? I'm a Naval Academy guy, African-American, captain in the Marines, okay? People would always say, you know, they, so it's like my Naval Academy peers and that group, they assume that I'm like, send people to the military because it's a great opportunity. And mm-hmm. it is a great opportunity. Like, I'm sitting on with you two gentlemen. I'm like, man, you guys are killing it. You know, mentoring young Thank sailors, you. still, you know, serving, you know, with your platforms, whatever. But on the flip side, I've like also seen a lot of young men and women of color return from the military and come back to these environments like Newark and Philly and all these different places. And I feel like a lot of times... They can get uh, jaded, you know, Mm -hmm. because it does take some a little extra when you go to the military, you get that career, you got that money coming in, you got all that other stuff. And then a lot of them feel like they come back and they start at square zero, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't even necessarily think it's just a color thing. I think it's I think it's amplified because in communities of color, they tend to be a lot more uh, low economic. Let me say they, they tend to be more on the low income side especially in the inner city. And I feel like that's just like a recipe for disaster. So it makes me pause before I recommend young men and women of color to the military if I think that they don't have what it takes to succeed through there. And more importantly, when they start getting out, do they have that grit and tenacity to get after it in the civilian world? Yeah, I, I think you got to open up your mind, you know, as a as a uh, black um, uh, again, man, I'm going to talk a lot about, you know, being black. We won't, won't do that that much, you know, on our podcast specifically about being black. But like as a black seller coming from a place like Philadelphia, for instance, um, the way I grew up in Philly, you got to open up your mind. Um, and my mind was open before I joined the military, which was good because I was able to receive um, certain like I was able to be a sponge for like things outside of what I'm used to. But I seen it the other way where like dudes from Philly, like didn't make it like didn't make it a year, two years because we got we don't have much. Right. But what we do have is we got this chip on our our shoulder. Right. I'm from the bricks. I'm from Philly. I'm from Harlem. I'm from like all these places where it's like, yeah, I'm not going to let you disrespect me. I know even Damon being from like Mississippi, I'm sure. But it's like, yeah, I'm not going to let you disrespect me. I'm from Philly, man. I'm from 27th Street, you know, because that's what we you know, we grow up with. And like we never opened up our mind to like none of the resources that like other people like it, it's been people talk about like stocks and, you know, stuff like that. But a lot of times we condition ourselves to the people that we familiar with. So we yeah. might go with people from like this dude from Texas that like, you know, like that's like popping cars like we was doing in Philly. And now we just doing her rap. Her, her, can we curse out of yeah, can, you can we, curse? Oh, so now we just do her rap shit with our her rap friends. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. And I think David, you was about to say something about that, David. Well, yeah. Well, I look at it like it's like when you get in situations, you say you're getting out of the military, you're going back home and you're looking to you're looking to do big things or whatever the case may be. But you have to realize real quick that that people are used to doing stuff for people who they know and people who look like them. A lot Mm -hmm. of people don't say that. A lot of people don't think that. But it's reality. Right. It's easy for me to step in a room and make a decision when everybody looks like me. Right. And then if I have one person here and say, I don't hear this person even speak, he don't even say anything. But I know I'm not I'm not I'm not picking that person. And I think the same thing is happening right now in the NFL. Right. The same thing with the coaches and all this stuff that's going on right now. Guess what? All of those agents out there, 
they are friends with all these owners. Guess what? They are ahead of the game right now. Now they get NAPE agents. They talking to their owners and they got a leg up now on every African-American already before it even starts, before the interview process even starts. You know, so it's about uh, it's about connections and the connections are they look like each other. Mm-hmm. Right. And that just I mean, I hate to say it like that, but that's most definitely how I feel, though. I feel like when you step in a room and and you want a freaking 30, you know, it's kind of it's, it's kind of hard. Yeah. So so, Mike, so basically we say that to say, like, all of that stuff together now, it's like ground level conversation to the young Damo f- like that would be joining the Navy now. So what you're doing, what I'm doing, what Damon doing is providing something, in my opinion, that like they didn't have that I didn't have 15 years ago. I just had a junior seller like reach out to me just recently. He, I think he got out. But he was like, hey, man, he was like, if don't nobody tell y'all this, um, I'm going to tell you, like, I appreciate what you're doing because we need it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So and that like that just made all the sense Enough in the world. Right and I loved it. You know what I was thinking about, man, when I was dreaming of going to the Naval Cabin in the South, I hadn't seen a black midshipman. You know, <laughs> there was no, the first black midshipman I saw was when I was going through our indoctrination, you know, which is like our little boot camp at, uh, the, at NAPS. So I don't know if they had that program. Uh, if y'all familiar with Rhode Island, they used to send mm-hmm. like enlisted that were transitioning officer training there. And then also us coming to go to the Naval Academy prep school. And I mm-hmm. just remember the first black person I saw, I just couldn't help but look at her. And then she started yelling at me because we're going through the little <laughs> indoctrination. But I think about that, like how impactful would it have been for me to say I want to do this and then I can hear somebody like you all on yeah. a podcast or hear a black midshipman talking about the process on the podcast because mm. I don't know about the environment. You drew grew up in, Damon, but like for me, I mean, I was like, I was... A lot of people in my community did not want to go to the military. They thought I was crazy. They didn't go to the military until afterwards, right? It was like this thing that happened to a lot of them where they were like, like, oh, Mike Stedman, because, you know, this was right when Iraq and stuff was popping off. They were like, oh, you going, yeah. to, going to Iraq? They're sending you to Iraq, man. You're crazy. <laughs> I'm not going to the military. Then I end up going to Naval Academy, and I come back to do, like, the pickup basketball games and stuff. And now I find out that, like, a lot of people that I kind of looked up to, seniors on the basketball team and stuff like that, Life had not necessarily turned out the way they had planned, you know, Mm. and I call that like 18 to 22. That's a really important time in a lot of young men of color's lives. It's like we got to get that. We got to make the right decisions. Otherwise, so many people end up playing catch up the rest of their life. And then what I end up finding out was I would come back and I was like, older. people will start to reach out to me about the military because life is just, you know, you graduate high school and a lot of these communities is like, then what? You don't go to college. You don't go to the military. Kind of, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. When I when I um I was going to originally join the Marines. I don't think I've ever talked about that, but I was going to originally join the Marines, and I called my dad, and I was like, "Hey, dad," you know, it was for like some stupid reason too that I don't want to get into right now. But I was like, "Hey, dad, I think I'm gonna join the Marines." He was like, "Nah." He was like, "Don't do that." <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He was like, "Don't do that." He was like, he was like "Do something else, man." He so uh, he suggested the Navy. He was like, and this was in a, around. This was after. It's like '05. So because I, I, it's like 07 is when I when I came in. So this was around like 06. So, you know, of course, after 9-11, but we were still um, doing Operation Iraqi Freedom and during Freedom and everything we had going on over there. It's still around that time. They hadn't pulled out yet. 
So uh, he was like, man, they, he, and this is what he said, like, just to quote him, he was like, man, they dying over there. He's like, we dying over there, man. He's uh-huh. like, he's like, do something else. So, um, I, I, you know, I decided to join him, um, Navy with the same risk, <laughs> you yeah. know, with the same risk. I mean, yeah. you know, this is what we do, man. We put our life, we sign up to put our life on the line, but yeah. So kind of the same thing happened. I was, my mom, she didn't understand what the military was. I think, um, as far as having a son join, I think she wanted me to be like a pastor, a music artist or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to the Navy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, my, my path to the Navy was really simple, man. Like, like I grew up in Mississippi. I'm talking about like mom, dad, everybody on drills, everybody going to prison. It was like, it, it's just was happening around it. This was my neighborhood type stuff. So freaking the recruiter came to school a couple of times and me and my homeboy, we saw him and we was like, oh man. <laughs> this guy so we walked talk to him man i was man i was trying to be the first thing smoking out i was leaving regardless <laughs> though I, i'm telling you i was leaving mississippi regardless uh if it had been navy it had been college it had been something i was leaving you know and then my brothers them that was in and out and doing the things they did you know what they told me bye go we want you to go do something yeah. do something with yourself you know blah blah don't stay they told me not to stay around there so it's very easy for me to be like see ya i'm out man so that's kind of my my coming to the Navy experience. But I also want to mention um, young black officers real quick on because on, on, I've been on a lot of ships. Right. So being on a naval ship and I used to find myself always and not just males, females also. And I just find myself always um, uh, talking with, with with young black males and, and females. And, and I used to always tell them you're around the same age as these E1s, E2s, E3s and all this type of stuff. Right. And I used to always have this conversation because I used to always see them together because they, they, they come from the same place. They, even though one got an education, but they the same age, how you going to try to like keep them away from each other, keep them from talking because they talking about the same music. They talking about the yeah. same, talk about all this stuff. That's the same. So I used to always have conversations. I say, I know, I understand all of that stuff, but you have to watch yourself and you have to be professional and you have to be all this stuff because it don't take but one time, one time somebody sees something. And one thing about the Navy, they always say perception is reality. You know, you, you ain't got to be doing anything or whatever. Then your name is already being drugged for something that you could not even be doing just by hanging around, just by doing different little silly stuff. So I used to always have these conversations um, with young say, especially when they first come to the ship or first come to my command or something. I used to always talk to them about, about situations like that. Um, and, and, and of course they know, but it don't matter what you know. It's, it's about like when you meet up and you talking to people and you get, first off, you get a male and a female together. You know what Back. I mean? You know, it's things happen, right? So uh, I started, I, was, I was remembering me always having these conversations and mostly with with, 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 my, with my black males and black females I had these conversations with all the time, all the time. And I, and I want them to do great. So that's one thing about it. One thing I, I see them and and, and, and when, I, when I see a young black male or female in the P-ways walking down the ship, first thing in my mind, automatically, I want them to be great, right? I, I, I wouldn't have a conversation if I didn't want you to be great, you know? So that's why it always comes back to that uh, because everyone look 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 up to him. Every young E one, E two, E three is is believe it or not is looking up to that officer right there. Maybe even trying to to be them one day, you know, because you got ways you can be, you know, officer in, from enlisted. They always trying to be there, so I, I kind of look at it as like you know, uh, be professional because they everybody looking at you regardless. I got a question for you then, Damon, real quick. 
Mm-hmm. When you looked at like young black officers, right? Yeah. Do you look at them as potential commanding officers? Oh, most definitely. Most like definitely. When you when you visualize them, you've seen them. I, like when, yes. Mm, and you know okay. what? Uh, let, let me let me let me say this. Let me add this too. Um. So I've been at probably like nine or ten commands or whatever. Um. I have had three or four. You know, commanding officers has been African American, right? Um, now with that being said, I, I feel like it, it ain't too much. It seems like I could communicate a little bit better. And I've had one of my commanding officers be like, like he always say, Hey, where you from? Like if you say something, he's like, all right, man, I'm from Chicago. You know what I mean? You could talk to me a, a little bit different. So he, he giving me that, that leeway that I can, I can be more of myself when I'm talking. Cause a lot of times, you know, you got high ranking officers, you want to be respectful and all that stuff. And I come in there and talk to him one-on-one and it'd be like, first thing he'll say, man, I'm from Chicago. You ain't, what's up? You know? So, um, but in my career, man, I looked up to these guys, man. Like, like you talking about a commanding commander of a, of a ship, a warship destroyer or whatever. And, um, and they are African-Americans, man. So it's one of those things you look back at, man, and you look and you say, damn, that's, that's, that's pretty good, pretty successful because it's not a lot of them out there. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's just not a lot of them out there. So when you see it or you see admirals or you see somebody that's African-American, it's most definitely one of those things where you, you might catch me staring, <laughs> you know, because it's something you don't see all the time. Hey, 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 Mike, um, I, I got a, another little confession then. then um, cause I, the ratio of the black officers that I see, the young black officers that I see, and, and like, and I'd be like, you're going to be a CO, uh, you're going to be an admiral. It's a lot less than the ratio of the young white officers I see. And I naturally be like, yo, you're training to be a CO, you know, one day. Honestly, I normally see the black officers like when I'm thinking about, as I think about it now, and I normally see the future for them maybe getting out before becoming a CO, like a, as a department head or something like that. But normally, you know, with the with a lot of the young white guys and uh, women, it's like, yo, one day you're going to command the ship. I can't lie. Like, so that's me being honest, like, on yeah. my, you know, perception sometimes. Now, I, I most definitely seen some. Oh, go ahead, Mike. I said, I appreciate you sharing because, you know, for me, it's like I couldn't run into a black infantry officer and be like, oh, this guy's going to be a battalion commander one day. You know, it's yeah. like yeah. so few and far between. And I will tell you, though, like the Navy has done better than like the Marine Corps. But the Navy is still behind like the Army. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it was like the Army. Think about this. The Army integrated in like like a long time ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Civil War. Right. The Navy and yeah. all these other groups, this stuff didn't happen to like the 40s. Like yeah. 1940s. So that perception yeah, and that crazy. representation, you're right. It does matter. But let me ask y'all this as two senior, you know, enlisted, should it matter? Ooh. No. It most definitely shouldn't matter. It shouldn't. Um But like you said, you see a black, you see a black uh officer walking down, you know, the ship, and you say, I want you to be great. Do you feel that same way for other, you know, white officers? And if not, why the black officers? Because that's, so I, I mean, I, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Demo. I feel the same way for all, right? I want everybody, you know, and I, I think that's the unique thing sometimes when they kind of like, you know, me and Damon sometimes, and it might sometimes sound fluky or funny, but it's honest. Like we really kind of got this care about like everybody, right? But like, I want it for everybody, but I can't lie and say that like, 
people that look like me don't hold a special place in my heart because I know what they've been through. I know, uh, well, I know what I've been through and I know what's up against me. If I, like you mentioned earlier, like when people get out and they go back to, uh, you know, uh, different places, they go back to Newark, they go back to Philly. I know what that looks like, you know? So if I get a, you know, young officer and they like, yo, I'm from Houston, I'm from Compton or whatever. I know what that looks like when they got to go back home. Um, but I, I want the same for everybody and I'll help everybody the same, but it's just a small part. Um, probably not even notable or whatever, but it's a small part of me that like see people that look like me and I really want them to win. You know, I really do. Yeah. And I'm kind of same way too. So I'm a everybody type guy too, but this is the biggest, but to me, when we talking about say 40 officers on board and one of them or two of them are black, you know? So that's why it's a special thing for me. Right. That's why it's just like, like, like when I see them, I want to talk to them, you know, because it's only like one of them, you know, I even asked the question on, I have even, I've asked the question um, to like, 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 how are you dealing with that? You know what I mean? I have asked them that question one-on-one and be like, hey, how you, how you deal, how you feel about it? And no one ever gave me no good, you know, no good info about it. But of course they're going to say the, you know, generic things to me or whatever about it. But I know they got to feel a certain type of way if you one out of freaking 40, you know what I mean? Like, like, so I, I know it feel a certain type of way, but that's kind of how I feel about it. You ever find yourself like more critical? Um, I'd be asking you the questions first because I don't be wanting to jump out the window. You know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> <laughs> I don't jump, jump out, out the okay. window. But, um, <laughs> no, no, but you don't. You you don't be jumping out though. That's like like you give no, it a no, good I answer. Ain't. Then I'm like, all right, I'm gonna jump there. But uh, <laughs> like, you ever find yourself more critical of the two two out of fifteen black ensigns on your ship or whatever? Like, hey, <laughs> yes. you should be. You say yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, I am me. personally, and I will call them to my space. Like, look, everything's over with. Say, say, I had, I tell you what, I give you an example, right? So we had this. We was doing a brief on like every time you do anything in a, in a, in a, in a like they doing C and anchor. So they had this brief they was doing, right? So the captain at the time was switching people jobs on the site on on the, on the fly. But I guess that's something he always did. He was he will go in there and he'll say, okay, okay, now you know what you brief that, you brief that, or whatever, right? And uh they did that, and a young, young black female just like jacked it all up. Like she jacked it up big time. And um afterwards everything was over with, and the captain yelled at her and, and whatever he did, blah, blah, blah. Cause she was trying to get a qualification, so she should have probably known it, you know what I mean? But she did. She young and she she brand new kind of too. So afterwards, everything was over. She goes back to her space, go to work, and I goes in my little space, and I'm sitting down. And me, I don't know if she even thinking about this, but I'm thinking about it. You know, yeah. so I'm sitting down like, man, she looked like ass right there. You know, we're in front of everybody. So I gives her a call, say, hey, hey, ma'am, can you come see me in Five Alpha? You know, that's my little spot. I I, I work out. Can you come see me down here? And she said, oh yeah, I come see you, senior. Blah blah. blah. And she came down there and I talked about her. Hey, you got to be prepared all the time. You know, you got to be like all the little things that you can do. And when you stand and when you stand up in front of everybody, you just got to be prepared for and ready to go. I said, I don't know if anybody else came and talked to you about this or not, but I was in the room and I kind of felt bad, you know, because and mostly because it was her. Yeah. You know, and it's just facts, mostly because it was her. And 
once you get that perception on, on this is who you are, I just didn't want her to get that perception of she may not know things, she may not know that, or this, this. So I was telling her, hey, you got to get in those books and be prepared and be probably even be better. You now, know, now I remember Mike, having this conversation. Now, Mike, is it fair? I don't, I, as, I, that's, <laughs> that's debatable, right? For me, yeah. it's debatable. But I know that the conditions are not like on an even playing field either, right? So, it's kind of like that theory, that concept of like, you know, you got like, for instance, let's say you got like this family. Y'all got like a seven member family unit and y'all got like one of y'all that's supposed to be going to represent y'all in like a, a play or they going to go do something right or the prom. The only person in the family that ever went to the prom. So every single person in that family is like pulling together, making sure they shoes polished. If it's a girl, you know, grandma giving her the pearls that they never broke out or whatever <laughs> like that. Like you're going to look good. You you can't let us down. Like you are the representation of us. We never got in this room before. Go ahead and do this. And sometimes I think that's the complex that, you know, we get. Um, being like African-American chiefs and leaders, um, watching other, you know, ones of us coming up in the ranks and, you know, to potentially be like that's like, yo, you're in a position that not a lot of us have gotten in. And people might hate that, that listen, but that's the truth. Like not a lot of us has gotten in this position. Like, yo, we need you to represent. <laughs> like, like, yeah. like, like, you know, you kind of in the corner, like, hey, we need you to, you know, do your thing, you know? And it's not like a favoritism thing and stuff like that. It's just like a real thought. I got a question for you, Mike. It's like, um, and um, I mean, I, I hate to just be going off like no, this. Go but in, my, let's go. We ready? Yeah. So my question for you is: Have you ever felt like that pressure from like a black chief? Yes. Okay. I have, but it wasn't the. And I, I just want to. So part of me, as I'm getting older, I'm trying to learn how to be more empathetic. And realize, like, am I seeing things or is this how things are perceived, right? Because what I have found sometimes, at least in the Marine Corps, and not all the time, but sometimes, like, there's just so few of us that people can get resentful when you come in and you get in charge right away, you know? And it's, like, extra critical, sure. you know? So, like, you're a, a minority, you know, and you've been hooking and jabbing for 20 years in the Marine Corps, and then some black officer comes in who is still finding his way, mm -hmm. right? And now it's almost like, not necessarily like a threatening kind of deal, but more so in a sense of like, it's hard to know if it's of love or more so people feel some kind of way. And like, I feel yeah. like I even feel this here in Newark. Like, you know, I moved to Newark in 2015, right when I got out the military. And in 2016, I had my first boxing gym. And I was getting all kind of hate. And from people here that have been coaching boxing and stuff forever, but they never had their own gym or they never could pull it off, you know? Mm -hmm. And so for me to kind of come in out of nowhere and then have a gym, people felt some kind of way about it. So in the, I would say it's probably half and half in the Marine Corps for me. Well, you know, um, Nas got a man. I, I'm already happy and like ecstatic here right now doing this podcast because I get to. I'm like, yeah. Talking, I'm like, man, y'all feel like regulars. We should just. <laughs> I get to say a Nas quote early too, man. So Nas got this quote, and like, is and it's like sometimes hate is confused admiration, and I think that's what you deal with. You know what I mean when you seeing when that when that person look like you when they gripping you up and that's that confused admiration you know and it might take a minute to win that person over so that's my opinion on that 
But I will tell you, I'm guilty of it too. Because I did it to my frat brother. And it's one of, that's my confession. I'm going to get him on this podcast. And I talked about it before. But when there's so few of you in these rooms, in these environments, right? And one of you is struggling, you know? Mm-hmm. You got the option to either jump in there and struggle with them and help them up. Or you got the option to like distance yourself, you know? In a mm-hmm. sense of like, you don't want to be misconstrued as that, you know? And I yep. felt like, you know, in the unit I was in, you know, I felt like one of the senior, like, black enlisted. Um, and he just grew up different. I think he was, like, the only black person in his environment where he grew up in. And uh, he just, he grew up in a different environment. And I think, you know, he felt very comfortable in the Marine Corps, in the space, you know. And I just felt like he felt, I don't know, man, like, not necessarily want to stand out on that on that rope by yourself with the black officer, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. keep them out at arm lengths, but you ain't getting out there with them. And again, I'm being critical yeah. of myself too, because when my buddy came to my unit and was struggling, you know, team struggle bus, right? I didn't jump out on that vine enough with him like I should have, you know? And it wasn't until after I yeah. got ended up being relieved in combat, you know, we got this saying, like, you can always come home to black people. You know, like we get out here, we try to get all this, you know, accolades, <laughs> the on our chest, the money, right? But when stuff don't work out, you can always go home. So, you know, when I was at my lowest, man, he was there for me. And, you know, I just share that because at the time, you're just trying to, you're trying to grasp on, you know, you're, just, you're like, yeah, I got yeah, my like, own yeah, I work my way. <laughs> I, like, I, work. I got my own problems. I'm over here struggling. I, yeah. I, I, if you grab my leg, we both going to drown. That's yep. what it feels like. Yeah, it's like, you yeah, know how long it took right. me to get in this room right here, man? <laughs> <laughs> Try to pull yeah. me out. <laughs> But and I, I think sometimes it, it comes from experience too. I think when I was younger, man, I I'm, I ain't gonna lie, I'm worried about me. You know, when I was young, I was trying. I'm trying to get to point A and point B, man. I'm, I apologize, you know. But now, as yeah. I'm getting older and getting more experience and things like that, man, I will go. I go down with the ship now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't. I, but but I, but I got. I'm, I'm wiser and more experienced now. So uh, it is most definitely a little bit different. But when I was younger, no doubt, man. I, so I'm gonna ask y'all this. Right. I feel like as an officer, I was always jealous of staff enlisted, you know, because one, the staff enlisted got to the point y'all are at or even in the Marine Corps. Right. Y'all are just so fucking good at y'all's jobs, you know, like and I felt like y'all could be y'all's full self. You know, you can rock the J's. You can rock the fitted. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, where a you know, back in the day, it was like the jerseys and stuff, right? We can't wear none of that as black officers, you know? And I feel like even the way people talk, you know, I got told at the time that, like, this isn't the ghetto. You know, mm-hmm. don't you playing, right? Mm, and it's rough. like your, like your accent, Damon, right, for, like, black officers, particularly going through the Marine Corps, they mm-hmm. would be like, you, you know, there's a reason a lot of them talk a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. Because I have a frat brother who graduated the Naval Academy with like a three, six aerospace engineer. And they were trying to roll him for leadership because they said he had struggle, trouble communicating. Mm. And I don't know if it just goes back to like you said, uh, Damo about, you know, people get used to what they're around, what they see. But at the same time, I feel like, and I don't know if it's necessarily fair. I feel like they let senior staff enlisted talk a certain way, walk a certain way, be a certain way that they don't let black officers 
do. And I don't think it's just necessarily about like, um, obviously where rank, rank comes into play and all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think even from a cultural perspective, it's like a tribal thing. It's like, that's not how we do things. Am mm -hmm. I making sense here? Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah, that um, was with Joe. That was kind of what Joe was talking to us about when we talked to him on our podcast. So we talked to a lieutenant on our podcast recently. And he was, I think Damon got more than me on this, but he was talking about the same exact thing. You know, but like you just said, I think it is uh, uh, like almost like a like a class thing. Um, and that's probably not the best word, but almost like a like like in that realm, like, yo, we're not them. Like, like, exactly. we're not them. Tie your tie right. Make sure this, you know, situation yeah. buttoned up. You're in this group of people. That's them over there. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I think. But what you got on that, Damon? No, no. Saying. And I, I was thinking the same thing. I, I wasn't sure if there's something that was taught. You know, in 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 the officer school, in the academy, or anything like that. But you see that every day. You see that every day, and like, even if say an officer go out in town and we see him and out in town, you know, for the first time or whatever, and if he do got on some J's, we do got to fit it. Man, it's strange. It's like, oh, what's going yeah, on, like, sir? Wear the button down shirt. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like it's like shirt with the chinos and the spare. Yeah, it's like it's like different. And then you see him go out when we like out overseas somewhere they go out you're right man like that you are speaking straight facts and you know and i know this guy's 23 24 years i know he should have some jeezy's on and you know things like that he may got some you know yeah. some kind of i think i feel like and this is like this is not even just a military thing i think again it's like the class thing i think the military is amplified because the military draws a line officer mm -hmm. and enlisted yeah. you know yeah and it's really where it's just like oh we work here yeah but I don't necessarily know if it's the rank thing, but it's more of like, for me, it always thinks people assume that we're not like those black people, you know, that like, mm -hmm. like you're not like them. You're one mm -hmm. of us, you know, yeah. they can talk like that and move like that, you know? And I feel like for y'all, I feel like you can be your full self even yeah. all the way up. You know, you got master sergeant with the throwback Jersey on, you know, can say whatever he want, do yeah. whatever he want. Cause I mean, he yeah. earned it. Let's be right. Like he earned it. Black senior enlisted, they earn it. But for us, it's like, you could tell me you've ever seen a lieutenant colonel walk around with, you know, J's and a, <laughs> or a, a captain. It's always that kind of, yeah. you know? And it just gets exhausting because the higher up you go, the less and less color there is in officer ranks. Yeah. 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 And the, I mean, the less you could do that's representative of, uh, and every, I think almost everywhere, the less you could do, that's representative of who you are. But you're right, though, because you get. But one of the things I do kind of want to give some credence to is the uh, for in the Navy, at least, is like that reputation for like chiefs that like precede the chief. Right. So we got like chiefs got like a like when you go, you know, through the season and stuff like that, you learn it. But like we are like joining a group of people that already have an established rapport with the way a CO will look at us, or our XO will look at us. And it has a lot to do with the grit. It got a lot to do with that grit. It got a lot to do with that grind and that deck plate um, stuff that you don't really see in civilian gear. So I think a lot of times um, they embrace who we are because they know it's probably unconventional to the way that they would like, uh, approach a situation anyway, because that's like the reputation that like being a chief 
uh, has. And I don't know, Damon might be able to make that sound better than I just made it sound. But uh, that's what I think kind of helps benefit us as well to just be ourselves. Yeah. And, and no doubt, I, I most definitely, I be myself all the time. Like, I, I mean, I had this thing where I was calling myself Senior Chief Swag. You know, I had the fresh, <laughs> I had the fresh J's on board. I had, and you believe it or not, man, for me, it was great communication. Like people see my yeah. new J's, guess what? Everybody come, oh man, see where you get those from? You know, it was it's, it was a start of conversation. You know, and then believe it or not, the young people look up to you. They want to be where you at. You know, they want to do the things you do. So it was all part of you know talking to young people and stuff too at the same time. But yeah, man, I was one of those guys, man. And and like you said, Mike, I pretty much now, and I'm sure Dumbo the same way, I I can walk my way, I talk the way I talk, and and I pretty much can care fucking less, you know, what people think or say now at, at this at this stage of the game anyway. So, I mean, you saying that though make me think like the officers like, you know, Mike talking about got to work harder then. Cause now it's like, you can't, you don't see me pulling up, you know, on this Navy talk, but you don't see me pulling up to the ship coming on a pier and I look like you. So like a junior enlisted person, you know, and you're supposed to lead them cause you're an officer, like you're a leader some type of way, but a junior enlisted person, they're not going to even think that they can relate to you already. So you kind of already at a disadvantage right there, which is different from us. You know, we could well, mentor, we could train, yeah. we could got, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, and I, I mean, mean it, like, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. What's up? I, I don't but, mean like you at a disadvantage in terms of like you being an officer, but if you don't look like some like if somebody didn't look like me when I was an E1, an E2, I probably wasn't going to listen to that person. Like I probably wasn't going to feel like I could talk to that person about everything because I feel like they'd be judging me. Yeah. What I was going to say is I another reason I was jealous of y'all, though, and I think the reason you can do that, Damon, is because, you know, there's this book. Called Be So Good They Can't Ignore You by Cal Newport. Mm -hmm. And that's what that's my tip as an entrepreneur. You know, just be so good. You know, you earn your place, right? And I've done that with a couple of ventures and stuff I've done. And I'm convinced that the reason we do better in the enlisted ranks as black people is because, again, y'all got that schooling. You know, so the cream just kind of rides to the top over and over and over again. And when I joined the military, yeah, we come from the Naval Academy. We from, come from college. But y'all have gone those schools. You know what I mean? Y'all have done those courses. So, like, one of the things I've never really understood is, like, when we're trying to recruit more black officers in the military, why don't they just go to the enlisted ranks? Like, I feel like y'all will succeed better because you already know the environment. You're really good at your job. You know, and for a lot of us, like, we're finding our place. So for every I don't want to I don't want to be general. I don't want to speak in general generalities. Right. But. You know, I've just found it like, man, like by the time you get a senior black enlisted, like most of y'all are really good at what you do, you know, and for a lot of officers, we're working our ways up. Now, occasionally you'll get some that come in, hit the ground running right away. But clearly I'm speaking on something because there's just not a lot of black officers in senior ranks in the military. So is it either a we're not that and I'm, I'm throwing my fingers up. We're not that talented or are there things in the way preventing us from excelling at the same rate as our non uh, uh, non-black peers. See, my thought process is that I ain't going to say too much on it, but my thought process is if it seems like it's a simple solution to a problem, right? it probably is, but it's probably a simple ass reason why that problem ain't being solved. <laughs> well, I, I tell you, my, my thing is like, I, I told you I work for like three or four 
um, black COs, right, in my neighbor career. And I met them as high ranking, right? But almost every young black officer, female or male, is getting out, right? They're getting out of the military, right? I have I have not met one. Like, and I, I'm in my personal, you know, opinion is because of the numbers, and that, and that just that just means like when I, I just got a problem with that. I, I think if whatever environment I'm in and I go there, I feel like I'm at a disadvantage if I'm freaking one of thirty. And it's just my opinion. It's just me. I can't help. I feel like it's a disadvantage for me. Now, is it a challenge? I love challenges, right? So I have to look at that also. I love the challenge, but I also think that I'm at a disadvantage also if I'm one in 30. So I, you got all these junior officers that's going in and they go to a ship and they one of 40, man. Like, I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't know. I, if, do that have something to do with it? I don't know either. But that's my opinion. How does that perceive to the enlisted when all these officers keep getting out? Ooh, well, I, I I'll tell you this is that um, a lot of them getting out too. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> so a lot of them getting out. A lot of uh, the retention is not uh, like it used to be, and I think the 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 retention is not what it used to be because now in two thousand twenty two, kids are way smarter now. Right. than they was when I came in, they know they got a lot of options once they do their first four years uh, uh, in the military. So I think that's one of the reasons why they are not staying in. Uh, but, man, like it's some good sailors out there that I try my best, you know, to keep in the Navy. Man, you can be this. You can be that, man. These kids like, man, senior, you you wasting your breath right now <laughs> trying to keep me in here, you know, Um and, it, and it's mostly a military mindset where you got people coming from different backgrounds and now you got to go a certain way, you know, and do a certain thing. And the kids like, uh-uh, I ain't finna go up there and freaking sweep no floor. I'm not finna freaking go in there and clean no toilets and all this type of stuff, man. So it's a little bit different for them coming from home because my son just joined the military. Right. So he's in boot camp. Right? I mean, he's in a school right now. And I'm trying to tell him he haven't classed up to his school yet. And he's trying to like hurry up and hurry up and hurry up and go here and go there. I said, man, enjoy your time. I didn't get a chance to enjoy nothing. You know, when I first came in, I was one way. I was trying to get stuff done. If they don't want to put you in class yet, man, calm down. It's okay. Because when you get to one of them ships out there, your whole life is about to change right now. You know, so I'll be telling them, calm down. But back to your your question, Mike, is that a lot of a lot of enlisted is not um, standing in the Navy also. And could that could some of that be the same? You know, could they be looking at it the same way? Yes, they can. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if I was to shoot, I would I would shoot and say that like 50 percent of the na- of the Navy is people that's only in right now because they didn't think of anything else that they could do outside of it. Um 50%, maybe 40, 30, but somewhere between 30 and 50, it's not people that's here because they want to do a service to their country. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like not everybody I've seen, I've seen, and I can say this, my own personal story. Um, I've seen the best people leave after one or two enlistments. I've seen the best people get out officers. I've seen the best people leave after like first tour, second tour, stuff like that. Got more money outside. Um, better opportunities are went and did something they loved um, that they, you know, wanted to do. Um, and that's, I, so you can't, I can't like, I want, and I'm trying to tiptoe, but I don't want to really, but 
it's a lot of people like chiefs, mass chiefs, senior chiefs that struggled through their last 10 years of their enlistment. Struggle. Like every time it was time to reenlist, should I do this? Should I get out? What's going on? It's a lot of chiefs I talked to in the mess. Like, man, I honestly, I thought I was getting out three years ago or whatever. So, um, and then you get even the ones that go over 20, some of them still, is it this time? Is it this time? Is it this time? Yeah. Half of the people, you know, it's like life hit. You had a kid, you bought a house, you got a car. Now it's like, oh man, I gotta, you know, <laughs> I gotta stay here. Cause I got this car. I can't go and gamble with my dreams that, you know, when I got this study paycheck and I'm sad to say, but I, I would say probably 40% of the people that I've ran into, I'm going to bring it more to me. Cause I don't want nobody listening to be like, well, 50, that ain't a stat. I'm bringing more to me. About 40% of the people I ran into stayed in just because they couldn't think of anything else to do. And that's officer or, or at this point now enlisted Mike, like we got enlisted sellers that be on a ship for like three days and already know like, hey, it's over. I'm getting out yeah. after this. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, yo, you've been in three days. Yeah. yeah. But the Navy is just garbage. Yeah. Like, like, dang, like you've been in three days, you know, but they getting information <laughs> from, you know, other people. other people. And I'm not exaggerating. Like I literally ran into a seller that was on a ship for three days telling me how much Navy life sucked. Like, I'm like yeah. Dang. So, <laughs> I'll tell you back when I was at the Naval Academy and it's just, there's a story behind this that three days I did summer cruise. Right. And they sent me mm-hmm. down to Norfolk and I got stuck with the, uh, I don't want to say stuck with, I was with the bosun mates. Right. And I didn't <laughs> yeah, know yeah, what yeah. bosun mates were, but <laughs> it was like chipping paint basically. Right. <laughs> and oh, I found out that like in a lot of the bosun mates, it was like people that had filled out of their technical school. <laughs> yeah. You know? And so I remember one day I was walking with my handler. It was like a petty officer or something that like I was, Attached to his hip, basically. Yeah, no, yeah. And this, you know, this this uh, sailor ended up showing up to the ship. And we had to go pick him up at the front. And, you know, he uh, he just looked like deer in the headlights, right? And that's when I started finding out that a lot of people come, you know, um, they fell out of their tech school. And I remember seeing this guy, and I remember my handler looking at me. He goes, I give him three days. And sure enough, <laughs> you know, three days, he was gone. Three days, man. Yeah. But you're right, man. I think with regards to officers, one of the challenges is, is, and again, I don't know if it's just the Marine military, but keeping black talent, mm. you know, like really, really smart black talent, like people that go to these prestigious universities or have obviously come up, you know, we're using this term out the mud, from the mud. Is that Kevin Gates who said it? People that mm-hmm. come out, yeah. come from the mud, you know, literally and figuratively. And then get put in environments where people try to make them feel like they're less than, you know? And I think that's a real challenge because for us as a people, just quite frank, like, yo, man, I'm in Newark. You're from Philly. You know, you're from Mississippi. You look at the communities we come from. And yeah. it's not just us individually. I'm not making any assumptions, but by and large, our people, the communities mm-hmm. that they find themselves in. So when we do send our kids off to college and go to these universities and are able to do great stuff, it's important for us to protect that ego, you know, keep their spirits up. Well, you seen the King Richard thing? It was like Serena yeah. Williams yeah, and the man. guy was trying to talk to that little girl. She yeah. said, she no. said what she said. Yeah. You ain't destroying this yep. little girl's confidence. She yeah. said it with her chest. You need to leave her alone. And I just seen yeah. in, the, in the Marine Corps, I seen so many black officers get their confidence just shot, you know, mm-hmm. shot. Yeah. And then they spend the rest of their time in the civilian world kind of licking their wounds. Yeah. You know, and there might be even people listening to this show still licking their wounds because of what happened 
you know, are underperforming. But it's also relative, right? Because again, you're in these elite environments to where, you know, you might you get made to feel like, uh, I don't know, bottom of, the, bottom of the pack or something. But when you think about where that pack is and where it sits, but at the time, that's all you feel. So I think it's a thing of like, do people leaving because they want to go where they are appreciated? Do they want to go to where they can be them full self and get judged based off of, you know, can they perform and not just the politics and everything that comes with it? But I'm making assumptions here. And I'm also talking about, these are people in my network that tell me. You know, they're like, yeah, why am I going yeah, yeah. to go to yeah. business school and go do all this other stuff? We, I mean, like I said, we just had a guest, man, Lieutenant Joseph Solomon. And he was almost every, we talked for a while, right? We talked for about two and a half hours. But if somebody was really listening to that uh, conversation, it was almost like every 20 minutes he was bringing up that he just didn't feel like he belonged, you know? And he was like, yeah, I'm cool. I'm chill. I have fun. I have a good time. I do this. I do that. But even when I do all that, people might laugh and joke with me and relate. But it's these like certain fights that I want to fight. They don't want to fight. They don't want me to fight them and they don't want to fight those fights with me. You know, he's like, so they, it's like certain places that they don't want to go with me. I could go everywhere mm-hmm. that they want to go mentally or whatever, but they can't go everywhere. It's no reason for them to go to those places with me. So I can't imagine a pool like me personally. I can't imagine being who I am right now as an officer. It's hard enough being who I am right now and as a chief, because um, a lot of people, you know, and I'm not. I don't feel alone or isolated, but I'm a hip hop baby. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm hip hop to the core. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, Pusha T just came out with a new song. I probably listened to it like five times today. You know what I mean? Like, but that's my thing. But I can't go back to work and um and talk about like, yo, you know, this push, that new push song that came out. Because even some of the black people ain't really my demographic when it comes to like uh, Pusha T. But um, and the same thing I saw. We saw it with uh, me and Damon talked about it, but we saw it with Kobe, and I saw it with Nipsey, where like some junior officers was like hurt, like tears, you know. And I'm like Nipsey, and they like, yeah, Chief, you know, it's our Chief. It's like, yeah, Nipsey, and I'm like, yo, I feel the same way. But you, we can't go in the mess or the war room talking about Nipsey and anybody, you know, could feel that way. But if like Steven Tyler, (laughs) but if like Steven Tyler, you know, passed away, you got the whole war room probably hurting. Like, man, that's Aerosmith. That's this, that, that. He's like, damn, like Nipsey just passed, you know, yesterday. y'all. So I I can understand that pull where it's like, like Damon mentioned earlier, I relate to like all these junior enlisted sellers. Like we are on the same level even playing field. I grew up like them. I did this like them. I did this like them. I go in this place and sit at this table and eat. And I don't joke like, I don't like relate to, I don't listen to the same music. I'm not inspired by the same heroes as this group of people in here. I would want to leave too, you know, because if you don't leave, then you become somebody, you adjust. And if you adjust, you just become somebody that you, that you are not. I mean, and that's me again, me just shooting, but I'm also using some of the thoughts that I got from um, Joe when we talked to him. And I think that was the point that he wanted to get across. And yeah. I think that's what I hear you saying, Mike. Yeah. yeah, it's exhausting, man. Like I'll tell you, being here in Newark, I just, Newark is a vibe. 
That's the best way I can describe it. You know, like you ever been like a coffee shop and there's people in the coffee shop that look like you, you know, where I'm like mm-hmm. all the little entrepreneurs, they look like you. Right. There's something that feels when you just don't feel one or one anymore. And I think for a lot of us, man, you know, it's like when you're younger, you almost aspirationally look up to being the person in the room. You know, like if that's. An yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right? We're like, oh, yeah, you know, I was the first to do this, the first to do that. But then you get older and you're like, yo, I don't care. <laughs> you know, this, ain't yeah. exactly, this ain't exactly winning, you know, and I want to go feel where, you know, people are accepted. And I'm curious to add, I don't know if y'all have talked about this on your show, but I was in the Marine Corps when Michael Brown happened. And I remember the conversations that were taking place around the Marines. You know, I remember mm-hmm. conversations, you know, with the Freddie Gray and all that other stuff. What was the vibe like in the in the Navy when George Floyd happened? And I know you were deployed, Damo, but what I'm sure those I'm sure I'm sure it got to y'all. Oh, it was crazy. I, hey, Damien, you want to start, though? I mean, no. we were both the play, hey. but you want to start? It was crazy. We was both deployed. We were both the same at the same command. We were on the same ship. So, I mean, you know how many conversations I was having was like crazy. It, and then and I'm going to be clear. And Dumbo can probably say the same thing to this. Um, I was one of the go to black people <laughs> on the ship. So if anything happened that was black related or whatever, I was that guy. I was one of those guys. Okay. So um, it was a whole lot of stuff going on. And I, and I remember, I'm, I'm going to tell you some one of the stories that I remember um, about the whole thing was going on was because somebody on a ship, and I'm not trying to call out names or whatever, brung up some stuff or wore some stuff that had Blue Lives Matters around the same time, right? So I remember that being a big-ass mm-hmm. freaking topic because somebody wanted to wear Black Lives Matter, somebody wanted to wear Blue Lives Matter, and then here go me getting called in asking about what I think about all of this, Represent- right? Representing the black delegation, Damon. Yes, exactly yeah. what it was, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, but I remember that. I remember that. Hey, that's one of the things that I probably never forget, man. Because I remember all the conversations that I had about uh, the George Floyd incident, and 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 I almost felt like I was trying to protect the sailors from freaking. I don't know, like looking at looking at people crazy or doing this or doing that or them having a, a mutiny. I don't know what was going on, but I remember just. Just talking to him and be like, like, hey, let's let let's sit down, come see me, let's talk about this, and um, and I felt like I was just being a listening. I, I listened to a lot of sailors, uh, let them get their frustration out about the whole George Floyd thing. And, and, and trust me, when I say a lot, I'm talking about a, ten of ten or more people was coming to me, talking to me about this. It was crazy. How about you, Damo? I I feel like when these things happen, let's like start off at the beginning, right? Um, I feel like when these things happen, um, it's like this quiet conversation between the African-American people, the black people, right? It's this quiet thing. Like, it's like you almost can't talk about it publicly in the beginning, (laughs) right? So eventually, you know, the captain or whatever, the captain or somebody will say something eventually. But when these things first happen, it's like, hey, you heard about, you you know, you might go and watch. I might lean over to Damon like, hey, man, you heard about what happened? about this cop putting his knee on his, and they like, no, I'm like, yo, look it up, check it out. You know, and then it's like this real quiet, right? But then it 
builds, right? To the first fallout from it, right? It's like a fallout, right? Um, then it's more, then it's conversations. And then you get told that we shouldn't have these kind of conversations when we on watch because it's causing <laughs> too much complications, Ooh. right? So one of the stories, I rem- it's crazy because I was the equal opportunity guy at the time, right? I think I was still the equal opportunity um, officer <laughs> at, at the time. But one of the stories, right? And it's not a this not an equal opportunity story, but this is a story, uh, just a chief story. But um, we had a, a watch, a watch, a watch uh, team, right? Um, high, high position uh, person in the duty in, in the watch team, and another first class, a first class petty officer E six, um, and they were having a conversation. This was after the riots, and um, a, the high position person was a white white woman, and the E six was a black black man, and um, I think her position was about why were people tearing down, you know breaking up stuff, tearing down stuff and looting and everything like that. They shouldn't be. And then his position was about pretty much, well, why did this even start? Like, let's talk about the reason why they even started doing this. Let's not get to that is happening. It shouldn't happen. Let's get to the reason why it's happening. You know, and he's like, well, that's, you know, that's all part, you know, for the course this happened and they responded. And I think her thing was, I think, and I, I'm a misquote it. Right. So, but I, I feel like she was like, well, I don't care. She was pretty much like, well, the reasoning like, like that is not my problem. My problem is, this or whatever, right? The CVS that got torn down or whatever. Like that's the problem is people destroying like, you know, buildings that people own. And the dude, you know, and that's completely jacked up kind of story. But the dude, uh, he left. He left his post pretty much, right? He left his watch station. Uh I got called and this dude, I love this dude. Like I love like both of these people. Well, I love this dude. Like pretty like like for real, right? But um I got called to like go find them. You know, it's like, Hey, you know, so like Damon said, he's like the black chief representative. Um, it's a few of us. Right. But so I got called like, and it's like, Hey, where and me and him, we, we good. Like I said, I got love for him. So we good people. So I'm like, they like, Hey, did you, have you seen him? I'm in the gym working out. And, um, I think somebody found him and they say, like, Hey, we going to send him up there to talk to you. So he came up and I'm like, Hey man, like I get it. I trust me. I totally understand. And I'm like, but we, you know, you can't, you got to go back in there, you know, cause you want to watch, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got to go back in there. You want to watch man. And, and like, but, but like I, to sum all that up, it was, this was so like, at this point, this was so sensitive that he got his, his watch got moved. They took him out off of that watch team. And this was a big deal person in our department. Like the, you know, the, 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 the khaki, you know, this was a big deal person in our department, but they took him out of that watch team. And then it was declared that, you know, we shouldn't be talking about that kind of stuff on watch. Now, the craziest thing about this is I don't know if me and Damon was I think we were still on the same watch team at that time. We were having conversations about this kind of stuff, too, with people that wasn't our race either. But these were like responsible it wasn't yeah. like the base, like what they did. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? These were like, what do you think? You know, what do I think? Because we talked about it a lot. Yeah. Because the thing is, we can't avoid a conversation. That That's not the right answer. You know, and and, and when you at work in a professional environment, yeah, okay. You know, you're supposed to have these professional conversations. But if you listen to any podcaster, most podcasters, get, like military is going to say, 
I created my podcast based off of things we would talk about on watch. You on watch for four hours. You're not going to look at your console for an entire four hours. Y'all going to talk about some stuff. So, you know, we would kind of have these conversations and we would get to like some answers and some resolutions and stuff like that. So it starts there. Um, I think I was disappointed um, at the fact that uh, we never dealt with it at any public level as a command. You remember that name? Am I wrong well, about I, that? Well, the captain. What did, what, what, yeah, the XO actually. Actually, yeah, XO. XO at the what? time. Yeah. He came up and he, I guess everybody was on a, was it a khaki call or whatever it was at? Well, he and, spoke about it like four times. I want to give him his credit yeah, real quick. I'm yeah, sorry. I do. I want to give him his props. Yeah. Like He spoke about it on four different occasions. Yeah. And I tell as, you this, though. I, I, this is what I want to add to him speaking about it. Um, meant something to the crew, too, though. Just by not not trying to brush it under the rug, not no one trying to address it. He addressed it and he talked about it a little bit. And I think it kind of it, it helped just by yeah. him um him talking about it a little bit. Yeah, but the crew never got to talk about how they felt, yeah, how they true. how yeah. it affected yeah. them. And yeah. like nobody really he talked about it and he's a yeah. great guy. That was like, like it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. And he talked about it four times and he, you know, he's open to yeah. he's, open at if anybody wanted to talk, but we never did like a, let's close these doors or let's open these doors. Let's get everybody together and let's talk. You know, you just watch somebody sit there and put his knee on another human's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds until this person died. Yeah. And you know, the person that died looks like you, you know, <laughs> and it's like we never really was able and my and from my pool and opinion, we never was able to have that talk to yeah. see how the sellers felt about it. Um, in my opinion. Yeah. How were y'all feeling though? Like how yeah. did you I think about me, right? Like I'm definitely in a different space these days, but I couldn't imagine being forward deployed on patrol in Afghanistan or somewhere else and the America is going crazy. And not just necessarily about just the George Floyd, but like the riots are going on yeah, and all this stuff is going yeah. on. It's just a lot, you know? And like y'all are out there, you know, fighting a good fight for America, but it feels like the world is imploding back here. And then we had the we had the pandemic, which we didn't even Yeah. yeah man. It was just yeah. a very stressful time. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and they was- were even rioting in San Diego, which I didn't expect. You know, I didn't even yeah. expect it to hit Sandy because we were still that was our home port, San Diego. So we were, you know, um, West Coast San Diego sellers. And I didn't expect that. Like for like to be like, yo, babe, you can't go to Target in Santee because it's people out there, you know, and then you get like somebody be like, well, they just protecting the Target. If they were just protecting the Target, my, my we would feel like my wife could go to the Target. We she can't go to that Target. It's not they not just protecting it <laughs> like like like, yeah. like this black woman cannot go to that Target right now. And even if she could go, she wouldn't feel comfortable going. They're not going to welcome her in through that target. Like Santee was almost already like not that welcoming for like for us anyway. That's why they nickname it Clan T, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Or whatever. Right. So so I'm dealing with that. Right. I'm dealing with um that part. I'm dealing with the fact that we not having this conversation on like the largest scale, even in the Chiefs mess. Yeah. Like it's like if certain people in the Chiefs mess. The conversation might not happen. If sir, I, I I think I remember hearing that this conversation happened like without some people that probably 
it would have been good to have in there. So it, it was like weird. I think Damon, like yeah. you might be able to add to that. Like, but well, I, think I wasn't. So- I wasn't in there on, on a on a large scale. You know when people was talking about it, but I was in there before. I was in the mess, and I remember uh, probably like three or four of us in there. The conversation came up, and I remember I, I just remember getting heated, and I yeah. remember saying stop. Stop right there. Because because what happened was the person that was talking was talking about um, he wasn't in his right mind. He was on drugs. He was on all this stuff. And I remember saying, I don't give a fuck. You don't put your knee on no one's neck, a human freaking being. I don't care about it. So I said, so we're not having this conversation no more. This the conversation was kind of like over. It was done with. And then once I started raising my voice and stuff in there, it was kind of over with then. But at the same time, though, man, I learned also from that was that people mindsets, you know what I mean? You never know someone's mindset until something like happened. And then you feel, mm-hmm. you see how they feel about it. And you'd be like, wow, you know, man, well, I knew this guy for a long time. I didn't know he, you know, feel like that. I, I have lost Facebook friends about stuff they are posting right now. You're like, man, I can't believe he just said that shit, you know? So it's crazy, man. It, it was crazy during that time, though. I mean, it was it was real crazy. You go in the mess, people walking by each other. They never freaking like you found out who was wearing the the Blue Lives Matter gear. Now all of a sudden, people against them. You see who wearing Black Lives. Now people now it's like, man, what's going on around here? You know. So it was crazy. And then I think what Dumbo brought up earlier about if we would have sit down and had this conversation. I don't care if it was in large groups. Cause you couldn't get everybody the same place. I don't care, but I most definitely think it should have been a conversation about it. And I think a lot of that stuff that was happening on the ship with people in their own little areas and their own little little huddles and stuff could have been, you know, could, we could have solved a lot of that stuff at the time if that would happen. So you're saying it would have mean something if people would have addressed it publicly? Yes, a little bit yeah. more. Yeah, a little bit more. I, I most yeah, definitely think yeah. so. Yeah, if the sellers got the if the sellers got the event, you know, because I mean, it's so it's a couple different like. uh scopes that you see things through right so you might see things through like the scope of the chief's mess right so sometimes we don't see outside like it's like the lion king when mufasa got simba you know over and i'm not saying we're there but but he overseeing some stuff right and i think sometimes the mentality of like multiple members in a mess is to like see from that perspective, like that bird's eye view perspective. So we don't get down on the deck place that much, right? So the only thing that got me into the deck place and able to see what was on the deck place is literally um, being in charge of like equal opportunity. So like a seller would come talk to me like, hey, on Facebook, this happened. On such and such, this happened. It was a seller who came and talked to me and told me like, hey, do you know that it's sell- like y'all like because because they, they got told they couldn't wear like Black Lives Matter like in singing, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, hey, you know, y'all told us we can't wear Black Lives Matter but it's still people wearing like thin blue line or, you know, whatever it was. So then it's like, oh man, now nah, I got to go talk to this person. So it was honestly... Um, and I don't think I've ever said this, but it was a lot of racial tension that I don't think like most of the leadership knew, knew about, about. like a lot of racial tension. But it's like the junior sellers kind of like left on our own to kind of deal with all of this because we're not addressing it. Like we what really about- wasn't addressing it. That was so funny to me. Like, 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 yeah. like, like they just out here just going through all this stuff and we just 
like, and we, you know, we represent like the Chiefs. We represent like the Chiefs mess, like unity and all this stuff. So we represent this tight knit like uh, unit of people. But meanwhile, our sellers they really got like issues. Yeah. <laughs> like people don't want to go to workspaces with each other because they represent like a different ethnicity and it's things happening there. And so, yeah, it was crazy. So I, it's hard to really sum up, you know, how it's probably hard to really sum up how I feel because how community based, I think Damon and myself, like how we, like we pretty much soaked in with like everybody around us. So I think it's hard to sum up just how it made me feel, but my observations was bad and I didn't feel like, but I've kind of programmed in myself like things like that. Like I can't like we not talking to everybody about <laughs> like like, yeah. like I programmed that. Like, yeah, I talk yeah. to David about it. Like, yeah, like small stuff like the show power. Right. I remember somebody came up that wasn't like from the culture. Like he's like, yo, I start watching power. It's good. I'm like, yo, power been good. Like, like you about four seasons behind. Like it's good. It's been good, you know, but y'all don't really, you know, pay attention to our culture. So I, I like, I wouldn't suggest power to you. I would suggest uh, the little chess uh, show with the girl, the little chess show on <laughs> yeah, Netflix. Dude. Like if I was saying a good show, but I'm not telling you about power. You, you know, you find it yourself. So like, like, you know, to sum it up and stop talking here, it's like I'm not even bringing that up around everybody because it's like I know they're not gonna really want to have a real conversation about it anyway. Yeah, be a lot of and head then, nods. Yeah, and then like Damon said, when you get a dude like Damon, are you getting me? Then we do start bringing that stuff up. A lot of other people just gonna shut down. Like, all right, yeah. you know, just kind of let them have it. You know, now you're gonna go somewhere else and still have your opinions. Like, we ain't really fix nothing. Yeah. So you fast forward to today. We're almost over a year since it happened. But, you know, you kind of look at like uh, I can speak just from Newark. Right. Like, again, economically depressed out here. Got the vaccine mandates and everything. So a lot of stuff is still kind of shut down and people struggling. What is the environment you feel like for uh, in the military? Like, I know people are getting out, but it's like, what are people getting out into? Are they hopeful? Are they nervous? You know, you got social media, so you get to see what life appears to look like on the outside. All right, I'll, I'll take this one first, right? Um, I don't think it got much to do with, like, race or, or, or nothing like that. I think it's a lot of um, opportunity that people see. Um, and I think the pandemic helped a lot of people see, like, that the traditional nine to five, like that's not the way, all the only way, especially like a military member that like might not be that versatile and understanding like the different paths, you know, to to it all. Like we like I said, about 40 percent of us are just here because we kind of didn't know anything else. So I think like when you get people that's like realizing like, yo, I can make money off YouTube. I can make money off TikTok, um, NFTs. Like the world is just expanding and opening in ways that like it, it wasn't when I when I came in. So I think a lot of sellers are leaving now with way more um, like of a, of a positive perspective on like the future than when like six, seven years ago, six, seven years ago, it was like, yo, I'm scared, man. If I get out now, now it's like, man, I could get out. I could do some NFT stuff. I could do some art stuff and everything is accessible. Like we could do podcasts here. It's like 18 different, you know, ways to do podcasts online now. It's ways to, you know, schedule book events online now. Like everything is like at in our palms almost. So I think, honestly, I think these sellers are getting out with a real positive perspective. 
yeah, same here, man. It's the opportunity. It's the opportunity. Like now, these young sailors educate me on when they get out. They educate me. They're telling me, do you know that I can get paid as an E5 to go to college? You know, you're getting paid whatever, wherever you stand at the BH to get you a place. You can get a car, you can get everything and just go to school. You didn't even got to work. Right. So these kids are getting out now and going four years of freaking college right now, you know, free pretty much. And they're giving you somewhere to stay. So like Damo said, it's an opportunity. And like you said, it's different ways to make money. And, 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 and besides freaking, you know, every morning, you know, wiping bokehs down. You know, yeah. it's, it's a different way of doing it now, and and they know that. And like I said before, and I and I, I've been saying this forever: these kids are way smarter now. You know, to get to the bag than we was when I came in. You know, the only reason, the only way you can get to the bag with fast money when I came in was drugs. Now it's a whole lot of different ways you can get to the bag now um, to get money. So, yeah, man. We just had a name and talk. I'm just like you love leading. I can tell you love that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah, eat yeah, it up, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. They even a leader, man. Like through and through, man. Through and through, man. To the core, man. You describe them as your kids. You mentoring them. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. You, yeah. Them, you you walk in with the coffee mug in the morning. Oh yeah, man. Got yeah. to have a coffee in the morning, man. Got to have. They, a they, they 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 love them too, man. They love them, man. Too. You yeah. just. <laughs> You just put them in the middle of the room, man, and you could come with your, you know, you could come with your shiniest uniform and your best speech. Damon ain't saying nothing, and they just gravitate toward him, man. They love him. They love him, yo. I mean, now he is saying something, but what I'm saying is you could come fully prepared to lead and be the greatest leader you could be, and they go Damon, man. <laughs> They go, David, just leading, man. You're like, yo, where everybody oh, at? They, they following Damon, man. Yo, I'm ready to leave some sellers. Where everybody at? They somewhere behind David, man. <laughs> <laughs> Eating it up, man. I love it, man. I love it, man. I, I love it. But you know what, though? It's not, it's necessarily like for me, it's about young people, though. You know what I mean? Like, like these people who've been in for a while doing their thing with blah. Man, you put me in the group, you put me in front of a lot of young people, man. That's what I love. I love seeing their faces when they don't know things. I used to always teach them knowledge is power. You know what I mean? That type of stuff. And and man, like those are guys, man, that likes me up and make me keep going because of young people. Yeah. Hey, young I've people. used, I know now you got a question, but I've used Damon as like my leverage for like a lot of things and Damon know you know like it's like yo if I like whether it be a junior seller or a senior like leader officer it's like man how can I like let this person know that I want to get this done man where Damon at <laughs> like, like hey Damon man I'm going through me and Damon we normally on the same page about stuff so it's like hey Damon man I'm struggling with this I'm going through this um I need some help man you know he and he's like oh let's go like let's go and it's like David never really got like it's like it's almost like he never get punched in the face by these people so it's so easy like it's like damn David like that's all I needed and then it's done you know what I'm saying that's almost anything let me me go back though let me me tell you why he come he come ask me about it because Dumbo from hey that's straight from Philly right there man Dumbo he want to word it in a way that it ain't ain't punching them in the face so he say man let me try to figure this out real quick yeah 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 yeah. because I have a hard time with like I'm like kind of matter of fact. So I have a hard time 
like, you know, without like being like, yo, you know, all of y'all suck, you know, like just yeah. all y'all suck, yeah. y'all trash. We need <laughs> yes. to do better. I remember yeah. like being in like chiefs meetings and like just being the last person to talk. And I'm like, yeah, probably <laughs> like everybody gonna be mad at me. You know what I'm saying? It's like, hey guys, you know, we got to tighten up. Oh, we got to tighten. All right. Yeah. We suck, man. Like, like it's just like, so it's yeah. like all right, let's just get Damon to kind of like talk. And it, it was less of the chiefs meetings than it was like more of the, um, just going to talk to the CEO about something or going to talk to CMC about something like, Hey, we're Damon at man. Cause he could, his personality and everything, like he can make, he could sell this thing. With, like he could say the same exact thing as me, but it's just better. Like, Hey Damon, can you email this? Yeah, yeah I'll take care of you. You know, it's just way better. So you all have been in the, the military for some time now. Are you thinking about life outside? And if so, what does that look like for you? Mm. You want to go first, Damon? Well, for me, I'm telling you, so it was really like right now in my face. Right. So I've been in 23. I can't go over 26. Right. As a as a uh, E8. So it was right in my face. So I did this new program. Now I'm going to see what happens in March with this new program I just put in for. Uh, But I'm working on my master's in in, uh, project management. So I'm trying to lean towards that field. They also got this skill bridge thing. I know um, the military do now to put you in an internship, um, which I love to do. Um, but I tell you this, though, I am open to everything, though, because I feel like I, I'm, I'm good where I'm at right now. So if an opportunity come my way, I think that's that's whatever it is. It ain't got nothing to do with what I'm doing right now. I don't even care if I like it or whatever to do it. I feel like I want to do it. But. To your question, Mike, it's getting to that time, though, that I really need to lock in, though, and I have not locked in yet, right? So I really need to lock in on what I'm going to do, so I really don't have an angle yet, but probably the skill bridge, you know, avenue that I'm going to try to go to to do some internship, um, but I haven't locked in on it yet. Uh, so let's let's get this one point straight. I don't want to work for a person again. I was just telling my granddad that he's like, no, no, you be bushing. I was like, I don't want to work for a person. I don't want something to happen or somebody that worked for me to do something that's like slightly bad or make a mistake and feel like I got to explain myself to somebody. <laughs> I don't want that like anymore. Um, so that's the first uh, thing. Right. But um, the, the which the, the answer to the question you asked is, man, I'm loving the you know, I'm loving the thought of life after the military and that don't got nothing to do with the military. I, I, I've made a career out of this and I loved every moment of it. And, you know, even the hard times when I look back, but I'm loving the potential of life outside of this. Um, first, uh, you know, if since we are on a podcast first to talk about our podcast, Permission to Speak Freely. And the lift the veil. We, I, I, I've been lifting a veil recently about it, but the lift the veil about it. Um, I really wanted to be a platform, and I honestly will feel less authentic if we both were out still talking about like active duty life, um, without having a a secondary group of people. So what I mean by that is I would love to get out, still talk about things we see in the military, um, things we did in our active duty life and, and stuff like that. But I would greatly appreciate if we had a like a junior PTSF podcast with like some junior sellers that were enlisted and going through uh, their thing. Um, and, you know, and they had their own podcast like they wasn't talking to us, but we were able to. So I, I would like for a PT permission to speak freely to be like a platform. Um, where you might get your your uh 
women in the military uh, uh, podcast. You get your junior seller talking podcast because those kind of conversations we can't uh, curate. Like we like that's some things that they could come up with on their own. That's that. Uh, me and my friend, uh, we just I just got off uh, texting my friend today, and we might have found um, a location for this uh, pizza restaurant that we've been uh, slow cooking. So we slow cooking to start a pizza restaurant, plank owner pizza. Um, and we, we, you know, we sell pizza like on like Instagram and uh, social media and stuff like that. But we've been slow burning the actual get a location and, you know, business uh, plan and stuff like that. So that's that. My degree is in cinematography. So more stuff. I started another podcast called uh, The Fam Room. It's a monthly thing. So it's not every, you know. Um, every week, like we do with permission to speak freely, but just things of that nature, helping my wife, uh, who just got her master's in social work, but whatever it is she want to do, um, on a social media platform, cause that's the social media is like the future, but it's like everything was the present really. And then this virtual stuff is the future, but it's like everything I got to do. I'm like, I can't wait. I want to get back to San Diego. I want to move right next door to Damon um, so we could do this podcast uh, <laughs> every, every week, man. I'll be bugging Damon, knocking on. I'll, eventually, I want to go to, honestly, like I, I'm giving you all this stuff right now, Mike, that I ain't tell anybody. But honestly, at some point, I want us to go two episodes a week where we do a podcast episode and then like we got another version called Oh, By The Way, where we talk about more, uh, well, less formal stuff that, you know, than just military stuff. So we might talk about sports. So I would love for us to get to where we're doing that twice a week. Um, but until I'm out, this Navy is my number one, you know, in case anybody from my command listening, uh, the Navy is the number one priority and I'm going to give the Navy my all and give it 100%. No, no, no. no but, 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 but honestly, it is. Um, the sellers, the Navy and everything like that. But I'm loving, loving the potential of what's uh, out there and what's to come. Why do you think a lot of veterans struggle transitioning? Mm, you want to go first, then? Um, I think because they've been they've been doing this for so long, especially like 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 me. I've been doing this stuff for twenty some years. I feel like if you don't if you put me, <laughs> I don't know. I think not having a platform to educate me. You know what I mean? I know they they have these tap classes and they have all this stuff trying to transition you. But I just think that just something no one wants to read all that shit that you put yeah. out there. You know what I mean? Get somebody in there that that can I can relate to, and somebody who's telling me to do this and do that, and this how I did it, and with some experience and all this type of stuff. I think it'll help uh, with tran with, with with the transition. But it is a problem, um, no doubt, with transitioning uh, yourself out of the military, and mostly because of you've been doing the same thing for so freaking long, and now you're like, man, what? And I've been doing it 18 years old. I was five days out of high school. You know what I mean? I had one job prior to getting prior to joining the military. So a lot of the nine to five stuff, I know, I don't know anything about, you know what I mean? So it's most definitely going to be experienced for me when I get out. Hopefully yeah, I'm I standing you. on stage somewhere talking to people. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> <laughs> I give you two kind of thoughts on that. Right. The first thought is, is it's life without the training wheels. Right. Um, I feel like in the military, they, you know, we get crutches, we get some help a lot, like with like health, health benefit. I was looking at like um, Angeline from her surgery, man. If anybody's listening, to that, that's my wife. She just got surgery. I think it was like a $10,000 bill that we didn't have to pay any of. Not a cent. You know what I mean? So I'm looking at medical bills, man. It's like tissues for my nose, man. <laughs> yeah, I blow my nose with these. You know what I mean? Like it's a medical bill. Like even having babies is super expensive. You're in the military. You never really, if you was in the military and had your kids, you 
didn't have to deal with those fees. So I think I think that's one part of it. But the other part of it, we all saw Shawshank Redemption, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I love movies, Mike. If you if anybody listen to the pod, they might always hear me bring it up some movies. But Shawshank Redemption, right? You get the old dude. And I forgot his name. Um, I wish I remember. Morgan Freeman? No, the old uh, blue. What's his name? Is it the one yeah, that him. the library, the dude in the library, the dude that yeah. had the books? Yeah. But you get that dude. Like, yo, you was the man. Like you were the man in here. You were a captain. You was a senior chief. You was a master chief. You was this guy in here. And then when you get out, like you kind of starting back over anew. In some in some cases, in some cases, people, you know, in some arenas, like if you want to go back to a shipyard, you know, you might be the man again or something like that. But certain places you starting over somewhere else. And I think that's a hard pill to swallow when you get, you know, in the um, civilian um, uh, sector. That's a hard pill to swallow. You know, I mean, how was it for you, Mike? Because you did what, 14? I did, uh, so 10, really. I did five at the Naval Academy and one year at the prep school, so that was five. And then I did five in the Marines. But you're right. Like, I mean, first of all, when you want to go to Annapolis, that process started when I was like 15. You know, I was Mm -hmm. like 15 or 16. I was like, I want to go to the Naval Academy. And when I got out, I was like, what, 28, you know, of the military? But I came into an environment. Honestly, it was like the Marines all over again because I, I was running a boys' home here in Newark. I ran the residence hall at a private school in Newark, New Jersey, called St. Benedict's Prep. So instead of dealing with like young Marines, I just had these young men of color right here in the inner city. So I had a mm-hmm. relatively smooth transition, but also didn't chase necessarily like a lot of money. I chased purpose and passion, which led me to kind of what I'm doing now with podcasting and you know, everything. Cause this is what I do full time. I run my podcast agency, but I don't get paid for confessions of a native son. This is my passion project. Right? Yeah. Um, but I had a good transition, man. I, I don't have any complaints there, but I will say like, as I'm getting older, I'm just like, damn, man, life is feels like it's going by quick. You know, yeah. I, I lost, you start losing people, you know, yeah, and then you start realizing like, damn, man, like it's a hell of a thing for people to spend their entire life in the military and you get out and it's like, 40 or you know whatever yeah. and a whole new career and it's yeah, like that's, that's a lot of, that's pretty intimidating for people and so for me what i have come to appreciate i really do think life is in the transitions because like we're always transitioning mm-hmm. when i jumped into entrepreneurship full-time in 2018 i thought my world was flipped upside down it was just it's mm-hmm. like turning you ever pull out the uh the drawer and just empty it out yeah you know <laughs> that's, what it, that's what it felt that's what it felt like man but it's just like, I think it's just kind of part of life. But for veterans, man, it's like you spend so much of your time in this environment and it's like artificial because the rest of the world doesn't care. They don't care about your medals. They don't care about none of that. And yeah, like yeah. you said, these young kids now, they sure as hell don't. They care about TikTok followers and Instagram. They're like, hey, yo, how many <laughs> yeah. followers you got? And yeah. you're like, damn. You know? Yeah, I remember somebody was saying like being in the military back in a certain time was like being a celebrity. You know, like having that uniform on and Hell coming yeah. off a of deployment, you out there like at the USO, like it's, you know, women out there waiting on you. And it's crazy. Like it was like being a celebrity. That's not, you know, like you don't want to walk around your neighborhood now with your, <laughs> you know, with your uniform on. It's not the same. But another thing is like, I believe that this is uncharted territory. I believe that the civilian world is uncharted territory for a military guy. So what I mean by that is, and Damon should be able to attest, because if you have seen some success in the military, I think 
it's a certain blueprint that I think you could follow command to command. Um, and I think for a lot of us, like this more ones that have seen like a lot of success, you know that as soon as you get on your, get to your next command, it's time to hit the deck plates running. Um, you know, it's time to take charge. It's time to do what you got to do. You also know that that's not going. And if it's any junior active duty sellers listening right now, this is some knowledge if you didn't know. But you also know that all of that deck plate running that you did in that first year, it's not you're not going to see it in your first like evaluation or nothing like that. I think and then Damon stop me if I'm ever like saying something wrong, but it's going to come to fruition probably like your second year. Um, and then your third year, depending on if, if you want C duty or short duty, your third year for C duty, that's probably going to be a year to grab that big qual, that biggest qual, because you probably got five years out at C. So your third year going to probably be a year to get the really big qual um, at C. On sure, your third year you're getting ready to go back to C. But uh, at C, it's like yo, get that really big qual- qualification, and then you got two more years um, t- to thrive. You got two more years to do whatever you could do to, you know, help out the command and stuff like that. And that's like a blueprint. Right. And I feel like that's the blueprint. Um, that's been my blueprint. Um, hit the deck place running. Um, I know it's going to come to fruition my second year. So even go even harder third year, if it's a big deal qualification, I need to get, get it done, knocked out. And then it's like, I'm kind of coasting, right. Not in mentality, but like, it's not much else going to happen professionally if I made if I kind of made it to like the top, you know, seller uh, as far as my ranking and stuff. When we just thinking about like evals and that's for a lot of the junior sellers. Um, when you get out, you don't that ain't the blueprint. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't know what's I'm about to go. <laughs> you know, I'm about to go work at Smoothie King and I don't know if I hit the deck, if I hit the smoothie machine running, who knows what's, you know what I'm saying? So I think that that's, a, you know, a big part of it too. Like it's a whole new blueprint that we don't know yet. I yeah. tell you, I made a joke and I regret making this joke because I was being funny. You know, we got the Army Navy thing, right? Mm-hmm. And I met this West Point grad, who's a little bit older. And uh, I was telling him, I was like, oh, you know, Oh, he wasn't at West Point. He was Air Force or something, right? And he was like, yeah, you know, he was a reservist. was like a colonel, lieutenant colonel, whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah, man, come on in when you get out. I was like, the water's fine. You can drive Uber. You can do all this other stuff. <laughs> and out, he actually had already been driving Uber. You know? And I was just like, damn. I, I meant it as a joke, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, come on in, you know? They're like, oh, there's all these opportunities for veterans. But like it hit me of just like, damn, you gotta really be careful out here because you never know what people are going through, you know, yeah. or what people are having to do to earn money. And he wasn't the only one. Another guy was like, yeah, I drove Uber too. So now, <laughs> like, that was like, a, that was like a wake yeah. up moment for me. Yeah, um, yeah. And there's a lot of people get. My, I got a question for you before we, because I don't want to miss this question. I was on a, um, I was on Discord and I was in this group, this Navy group that they invited me in because um, we got the podcast. And um, yeah, I was reading a, a, like a thread and like it was an officer. So I'm, I'm a compound this with a different story, but it was an officer saying that they felt like enlisted people. Well, and this the internet, so this the words like like we're like scum, like scum of the earth, right? Um, now I pair that with a letter that somebody showed me from some officer to a commanding officer. And it was like two pages about how they, uh, this officer, I think they lived in these apartments 
or housing or somewhere. They live somewhere where, where enlisted, you know, sellers were. And they was like talking about these people like they were like animals almost. Right. Um, so and I, I, I have a lot of officers that I love and, you know, we got mutual respect for each other. But is that a thing? Do officers uh, are there? Is that normal? Is it what like are there officers out there that think enlisted are like low, low? I don't know about that. Maybe okay, some. It. There is a stigma. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you my story, right? You know, when you ready to go to the military and they're like uh, Marines or like the Rangers or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. when you're kind of looking at all these different stuff and then you like get ready to go on an op or something and you're like, all right, Marines, everybody got the water? Yes, sir. You got your ammo? Yes, sir. All right, let me check. And then they, they got no water. <laughs> they got no ammo. <laughs> and you're like, what the heck? And it's just like a different mentality. You know, it's just yeah. this like mentality of like, they just... I think they just sometimes people just view the world different. But we do joke about of like, you know, you drive around some neighborhood and you're like down in uh, uh, Norfolk, Virginia. You're like, where are we? Is this the where are we at over here? It's kind of shady, man. You know, what's going on? And then you find out that like that is some like enlisted housing. You know, <laughs> we, we joke about it. Right. But you see guys on the corner. Right. You're like, who are these guys? You roll down the window. Uh, what's going on, sir? Like, oh, what's up? Uh, you know, hey, <laughs> They joke about it down in Texas too. You got a uh, what's the place called? Uh, Fort Hood. Yeah. So you hear these stories yeah. like Vietnam, yeah. you know, Fayetteville, the Vietnam, and all this other stuff. But mm-hmm. I've never heard it to that extreme. Not scum of the earth. I've just heard like people joking. Yeah. 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 So here's a, here's another one. here's another one. Right. Uh, I remember being a junior seller. I was a seller of the year. I was seller of the year. We went to New York, and um, the Marines were there. And, uh, you know, and they, they had to co- Now, mind you, this is the sell of the year group that I'm with, right? It's a few of us, right? From different commands. And they like, yo, you know, y'all y'all need to be tight and sharp because the Marines, they about to be tight, sharp. They all in shape. They all look good. Y'all uniforms. And we the sell of the year group. So our uniforms already, like, look good. We the sellers of the year. And we get, and these wasn't like Marines of the year. Not, and this was just a regular like group of Marines, right? So they're like, y'all need to get tight because y'all going to have to sit by these Marines and they going to make y'all look bad, you know? And when we got there and we looked at the Marines, these guys look good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They, it was admirable. Like, I'm like, yo, these guys, sharp. You know, they movements, it was almost like, you know, mechanic. Like, I'm like, dang, these dudes moving robotic. Like, these dudes got it, you know? And, um, but my question is, like, as much as we can, I think most Navy sellers, when they come across Marines and they see like a group and they see how sharp they are, they kind of look at that stuff like, yo, we ain't, that ain't us, right? But my question for you is, do the Marines look at them sellers? Like, <laughs> like yeah, we sharper than these guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, sure. Of course, yeah. 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 That's what I figured. Yeah, like, I was... <laughs> I'm telling you, man, people think the Marines is rough. I do think life on the Navy ship is rough. You know, oh, yeah. Oh, because yeah, even in the, the Marine Corps, what was it? I mean, when I did my little midshipman thing, right, on a ship, like your first six months, doesn't everybody have to like work in the kitchen or something? Yeah, like, but it's, it, called? It, it's called cranking or yeah, cranking, FSA. That's it. Yeah, yeah, cranking our food service attendant, right? But it could happen after six months, you know, and that's where it gets monkey Multiple times. Yeah, <laughs> it could happen like a year in, it could happen your second, depending on because most of these ships not really manned like they should be now. So it's like, like Damon said, they could double tap you. It's a lot. 
Cranking duty looked the worst. Be back there steaming, hot in that kitchen. You know, yeah, just man. Washing dishes and everything else. And they used to hate the Marines on the ship because I never deployed with Marines. Uh, I was always like a ground pounder, right? So I did Afghanistan and I did Japan and the Philippines, but I never did the ship. But yeah. I heard that like Navy guys be like Marines on the ship. They just eat. They eat yeah, three they times eat. a day. It didn't work yeah. out. Eat, work, work out, <laughs> eat, work out, go to sleep. Yeah. It's like, yo, we y'all not running no drills with us. Y'all not like, what's going and, and on? And then on top of that, <laughs> mad if we if we wake them up, like if, like I say, we run a drill outside, they birthing. Oh man, they mad. Man, I remember that just, shit, man. It's different cultures, right? So I'll, yeah. I'll give you two examples, right? So on that fleet cruise, whatever, we had to work out, like so you know you're staying on the ship. And y'all get up to work out. And they used to always get mad at midshipmen because we used to go out the night before, right? The mm. summer cruise is also like our summer vacation from the naval yeah. camp. So mm-hmm. I remember one night going out, we know, come back to the ship late, like one o'clock in the morning. And I remember somebody trying to wake me up for PT. And PT was like ultimate frisbee. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah, getting yeah, up. Yeah. Say <laughs> <laughs> what? Man, I'm going back to bed. <laughs> you, know, you, are, you know, you work out, you're going on runs and all that other stuff. And the Marines are like, like, it's I'm still self-conscious about it now, even as a civilian. When you see a Marine, the first thing they do is look you up and down. It's like right off the bat, the first thing. That's yeah. what they judge you on. Check you, you out. Know, your uniform. Are you in shape? If you're fat, they call you fat. You know? Yeah. Commander, look you right in the face. You need to lose weight. You're fat. You know? Mm-hmm. It's just like a different culture. But the, we used to joke that the Navy, Navy don't even care. Y'all just like. <laughs> nah, you just here, man. It's everybody. Come on, come on. Let's go. Like, let's go not yeah, PT. Man. Let's go find a way to get out of PT together. Like, yeah. No doubt. Like, yeah, we troubleshooting. No We've been troubleshooting. Me and the guys, you know, you, your chief, everybody. Yeah, we troubleshooting all day, man. We ain't going to make PT, man. But um, <laughs> me and my wife, we passed uh, we passed some, we, like, it's a Marine barracks out here in D.C., and I'm able to spot the Marines in civilian clothes. That's how sharp these dudes are. You know, I'm like, hey, babe, he's a Marine. He going to barracks. He is a Marine. And then they always got like some Marine uh, gear on, like a hoodie, a shirt, it's fit perfectly. Backpack I'm like, something. yo, he's a good, yeah, backpack. It's always a backpack, always a Marine. I'm like, how you know? I'm like, yo, look at his backpack. That's a Marine. <laughs> the haircut, the walk, the, the like everything, man. Yeah, it's some sharp, some sharp, sharp Marines out there, man. I get them that props for that. Man, I think y'all two are sharp, man. You got your podcast going. Talk to our audience about uh, permission to speak freely. And I also want to know, like, the support you've received, you know, kind of having this platform while you guys are on active duty and what comes with that, like that responsibility of, you know, having this voice as senior uh, enlisted in the Navy. You good, Damo? Uh, Support. um, So in order to start, we had to get like a little bit of permission from PA, from public affairs. Um, I'm not sure if we had to, but we wanted to, right? Because I think what we didn't want to do is do it. And we had already recorded some episodes, right? So we were just able to send the PAO some episodes like, hey, ma'am, check these out. And, you know, this is what we're going to be doing. We're going to be cursing. We're going to be doing this. We're going to be doing that. They told us there's one thing they told us not to do. And that was to like really speak on like uh OPSEC, like missions, like, hey, this ship is getting underway this day or that day, in which that really wasn't really what we wanted to do anyway. Um, our 
plan was to have these ground level conversations that got to do with family, got to do with just pretty much a lot of stuff we've been talking about, like this style of conversation that we've been having today. Um, so the support from the Navy has always been really good, like from the high side of it. Um, I always tell a story about our first episode. Right. And I, and if he and I know he's a listener. Um, and I know he probably tired of hearing this story, but our first, very first episode, one of our department heads that we served under, he had an issue. He had an issue. He had an issue. Um, but he hadn't listened to the full conversation because he stopped it the moment he had an issue. So he hit me up the next day and uh, me and him talked about it. He revisited and then he went on to like be a supporter, like um, to the point that I think he even purchased some gear or something before. So he he's a supporter. Um, but uh, a lot of junior sellers, I think like, so we're growing, right? And I think uh, Damon probably speak to that too. We growing, the, our guests are, you know, we getting some important people come talk to us and um, numbers, you know, things that you don't think about primary, but numbers are showing that we reaching more people. But I think the most rewarding thing that I've gotten in the last week was two different letters from two different junior sellers. Um, one with the request to be, you know, on a podcast to talk about the mission that they have, but the other one just props, you know, um, just props like, Hey, thanks. I appreciate y'all. We appreciate what y'all doing. And the other seller said the same thing too, but it was the other seller also had a, a secondary, uh, kind of goal mission as well as like to get the word out about something that they were doing. But this other seller was just, man, like, like I said, I was a thing I talked about it earlier. He was like, everybody might not stop to tell y'all this, but like, it's appreciated, you know? So I think, I think, and me and you, we talk numbers, Mike, I think, um, you know, me and you, we talk back and forth some numbers and stuff like that. But I mean, it's nothing more rewarding than what we actually set out to do and seeing it come to fruition. Like sellers saying like, man, like I didn't know about this. I had sellers like, man, I, um, I was going through it today because I didn't make uh like one time we put an episode out around like promotion time to like chief. And I had a seller hit me up like, yeah, I was going through it today because I didn't make it. But I listened to y'all podcast and y'all made me feel a whole lot better. And that's like that. There is like it's nothing better than that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like even like with your podcast, Mike, like somebody turn it on and they hear your voice. You know what I mean? It's like, man, like this was a rough week. You know what I mean? I just turned Mike on and I, I'm just, I just heard his voice. You know what I mean? And that's why I think we always like to start with positivity. Um, Damon. Yeah, most definitely, man. For, for me, it's the sailors, always the sailors for me, but then also being right here, being in the moment right now, uh, being on your podcast. And I remember like, cause we, we wasn't on a lot of pocket. We weren't talking to a lot of, a lot of different platforms and stuff like that. And, and, um, I remember that Dumbo was telling me that 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 you wanted us on your podcast. And I was like, who who wants us on our podcast? And like um Mike Stedman. And I knew I saw your name before. Like, man, where do I have I seen this name before? And um, if I'm not mistaken, Alana Appenak was making a, I don't know if it was a book thing or she was doing something with business and she added me to it. And you had, you was doing, I think, I don't know, was brainstorming, brain um, something you guys was doing. And you had a, you had a lot going on. You was talking about it. And I think it was a video and all that stuff. So, oh man, this, this is great. Cause she, she, she putting this, you know, this stuff together for people to go in and listen to it and, and kind of start if they wanted a, a business away. And I remember seeing your name being, then I put everything together. Then I hit her up 
And I was like, hey, freaking, uh, we doing the thing with Mike. She's like, oh, man, he's a great guy. And then she sent me this email today, actually, about you guys doing, uh, I think, BVE for uh, uh, Black Veterans Entrepreneurs. And uh, and that's what I like to see, man. That's that's one of the biggest things, man. People out there doing positive things and trying to help people. Ain't nobody making nobody go out there and try to help them and do this different stuff. So I know it's a mindset and people want, want, when you want to go out your way to help someone else, you know, grow and, and, and be great, hopefully. Um, go ahead. I was going to say these platforms are so powerful, right? To me, this is the benefit of these kind of forms of media. You know, we didn't even touch on it, but, uh, you know, the podcast, uh, what is it, The Pivot? I don't know if you'd be following those guys that came from an I Am Athlete and they started another podcast mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. just had Hugh Jackson on there. Where else have I ever heard a black football coach be <laughs> open about just life, you know? And even yeah. you guys is like senior enlisted talking about, you know, your experience and your journey, serving your audience, serving your niche. Just this is the power of media for me. And I've always, I don't want to say I've complained in the past, but it's like, man, black people, we got all this media but like how much of it is used for that positivity? You know, how yeah, much are we using it to uplift and elevate each other? You know, and so it's cool for me to kind of see what y'all are doing. And just being a podcaster, I was like, I saw y'all stuff and I followed you on Instagram. I was like, man, I would love to get you guys on the pod. So I'm glad we we're able to get this set up. Yeah, I mean, no it was doubt, mutual though, no because doubt. I think we want to get you on ours. And and like, like you just talked about, like, I, man, sometimes I get embarrassed by some of these podcasts. Like I was just telling my wife, I was like, yo, I thought the concept of relationship podcast would be cool until I started seeing these relationship podcasts. And I want all the men to just stop talking like like we sound real stupid sometimes. Right. <laughs> facts so so i agree that's just me saying i agree with you in like this being a powerful form but maybe people not using a lot of the power that they can for the right reasons it's still early we're just getting warmed up i can tell you like it like you said you were like i'm trying to move next to damon so we can just podcast every day and there is oh, something yeah. that it is cool because i just think for so long we haven't had platforms to amplify our voices and the fact that we have it now, you know, it's just, it's cool. And the fact that people tune in to listen and hear our thoughts and perspective um, is really dope. And so what I want to ask you all is tell our listeners how they can follow you, how they can support. This won't be the only time we'll get y'all on the pod. I just got to go open the Ironbound Boxing Academy. Nice, nice, but I nice. Want, um, I want our listeners to be able to support and uh, amplify your work. Okay. So TikTok, uh, Instagram, Discord. Uh, YouTube, Facebook, at PTSF Podcast. Right, that's all of them. Um, available. So the podcast is called Permission to Speak Freely Podcast. Um, you can look for that on YouTube. Um, and then we're available Apple, Spotify, every major podcast streaming platform. And then if you want to email us, is PTSF Podcast at Gmail. Gentlemen. Yeah, I think that's it. I'll be sure to put the link in the show notes, but I appreciate y'all, man, coming on the platform. Damon's ready to go lead. He he ready. He got some oh, yeah, notes Damon, down. Man, yeah, he He's ready. You saw me write stuff. He's ready to go. Damon, you, got, you got some sailors on watch tonight. You're going to go no, motivate? No, no, man. I got to get some <laughs> rest, up. man. I got to get some sleep. <laughs> so all our listeners, do me a favor. Go ahead and follow these two gentlemen. Again, I'll put the link yeah, in the show you, notes. Uh, this ain't going to be y'all's only time on the pod. We'll get y'all back on. I just felt like it was good vibes. 
Um, oh. And I'm excited to come on your podcast. I don't know what we're going to talk about. You know, talk nah, about uh, entrepreneurship. Yeah, I'm sure y'all are going to pull something. But oh, uh, yeah. for everyody oh, yeah. else, shoot me an email at micawareironbound.com or message me on LinkedIn. Shout out to my sponsors today. Y'all know who it is. Ironbound Boxing and Dope Coffee. Visit realdope.coffee.com. Show Mike and the team down in Atlanta some love. You know, support and elevate our businesses. And uh, we appreciate y'all. So until next week, do peace, it, love. It, and have a great it, rest of your week. Do it, do it, do it, do it. I'm a free black man. Hold up my head, black man. Beautiful black man. I don't have feel nice, man. I love your brother, black man. And chase our dreams, black man. And get